0: Welcome to the Explore the Circular Economy podcast by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Hi everyone, my name is Joe Isles, and I'm the Circular Design Program Lead at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. And as part of our work on circular design, we try and empower and equip the world's design and creative communities to play their role in the circular economy transition. And one part of that is the Artist-in-Residence program, which we've run for the first time this year. And we've been lucky enough to work with Emma Hislop, a multidisciplinary artist from Glasgow, for three months. And she's been exploring the connections between art and the circular economy. So I'm going to speak to Emma on that topic in just a moment. We're going to hear what she's been up to during her post and what's next for her and for the Artist-in-Residence program. After that, she's going to be picking up the phone and speaking to some of the other people from the foundation and beyond that have influenced her work over the summer. But first, Emma, hello, and thanks for joining us on the podcast.
1: Hi, Joe. It's nice to be here.
0: And you're in Glasgow now, right?
1: Yes, I am in very not sunny Glasgow.
0: Well, we wish, you, we wish you could have been here. And obviously the, the artist in residence position was supposed to be you here with us uh, on the Isle of Wight, um, but it had to become a virtual residency uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But why don't you talk us through it and, and tell us a bit about uh, the residency itself and, and some of your, uh, your, your thoughts about your time at the Foundation.
1: Yeah, it's been um, an incredible experience, especially to have been selected at all as a recent graduate. I only graduated last year from Glasgow School of Art Um, and the foundation seeing the potential in me to have something unique to say and take a shot on a recent graduate is something really special and I think it highlights the unique nature of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation and the team and the people that are involved in that. Um, and in terms of the residency, it's pretty serendipitous to be chatting to you, Joe, because that was how I first heard about the residency and first heard about the foundation was doing the module course with Fred Deacon, who I'll be chatting to a bit later. Um, and you gave a talk on that module course. That's and- a,
0: like a design, digital design course run by the University of the Arts in London, right?
1: Yeah, and I hadn't heard of that either, and um, another opportunity that came my way from my art school, Glasgow School of Art, had um, contacted me and asked if I would take part in it, and how can you turn something like that down, I didn't have anything else going on at the beginning of lockdown anyways, I'm sure we all didn't, and threw myself into that, and before I knew it, I was doing my interview for the artist in Residence post with McCarthy Foundation,
0: and was that your was that your first awareness of the circular economy during the that module course that you mentioned, or had you some prior knowledge of the the concept?
1: It definitely was the first time I'd encountered the phrase circular economy, um, and the second that I heard that phrase from you, Joe. Um, that. It all kind of verged together. Everything kind of started linking together. All the things that I'd been looking at as an artist in my practice and as well as an individual and a citizen, it put a name to everything that I was being inspired by and passionate about looking into systems change. Um, A circular economy becomes this whole new language that I've been learning while I've been in the residency as
0: well. And maybe you could speak to that a bit more. How does circular economy inspire you as an artist, inspire you creatively? Because I think there's many, many words have been written about how the circular economy can inspire some new business model or uh, some scientific breakthrough, but, or, or maybe some, some policy or governmental action, but maybe less so about how the circular economy can inspire artists and and, and creative people. So what was it about the concept that that fired you up?
1: Well, I think that as an individual, I've always been very interested in the way the world works and the way that the world works with or without us as humans. And looking at a circular economy, um, it just really highlighted the problem which is systemic issues that we all have and we've all always followed and it's that grandiose issue of the system's too big for you as an individual to change or the system is as in always will be what it is the take make waste model is one of those things that it seems inherently understandable and immediately you connect and you think yeah I get this and I get why we would change it but you don't really necessarily understand the complexity behind the hows and the future and the whys and how it even came to be so during the residency I've been really inspired by asking the questions that maybe haven't been asked yet as an artist you're really self-critical and you're really critical of your peers and your processes and everything in the community and topics that your peers are looking at as well as the ones you are and I think that's where I've been really intrigued by being given the key to all which which seems like to me all the world's circular economy knowledge that Ellen MacArthur Foundation kind of stores as a resource for everyone to use and I've been able to unlock it all pick away at it and create new perspectives and ways of looking at it or interpreting it as a complete novice to economy
0: this connection of of almost like why bother art and the circular economy what was what's what's the connection there um is that it is it about um you mentioned about forming new connections or, or offering new perspectives is that the heart of it
1: i would say that's the heart of it that's like the easiest heart of it to get across and project out to people but for me there's so much more in challenging um challenging the nitty-gritty of everything that it's not just like the fact that I'm in this post is something that should be challenged that an artist residency is notoriously or kind of seen as being an artist going off into this like landscape and spending time somewhere and being really almost selfish and introverted and just reflecting on their own practice and having time away to have this really luxurious moment to make work but as much as you know you kind of dream of that it's never quite that easy it's always a little bit grungier than that you've never got any money you don't know what you're doing, you don't know why you're there and you've probably spent loads of money to get there and you're not getting paid for it. Whereas this residency is paid, so it immediately reconfigures how artists are viewed. I'm immediately a professional and an expert rather than some artist girl who's gone off to just make whatever she wants without rhyme or reason. I'm immediately bringing the expertise of, the whole of the arts and culture sector behind me and kind of representing them. And I think that this challenges the future of how businesses and systems utilise different industries around them as well as how the arts sector structure like continues because artist residencies could exist in any business. They should be like, down the local butchers, they should be, you know, in a big Nat West finance tower in London, an artist residency should be everywhere because you're the person who's not the yes man, but you're also the kind of very peculiar guy who's challenging absolutely everything you say, but it's all right because you know, I might come up with something. Yeah, you have
0: that freedom to do that. I definitely will be thinking about what an artist in residency uh, butchers looks like. Um, yeah. Maybe we can talk about that afterwards. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, people will be thinking, well, this sounds great. Um, well, hopefully they're thinking that. What, what's Emma actually done? So maybe you could pick two or three things you've worked on, um, the art itself, if you can put it like that, the, that you could share with us.
1: Yeah, so the proposal that I put forward was initially about creating an online sphere, an online space being that we had to completely diversify and change so that this became a virtual post, um, which was a huge kind of learning curve for me, as well as for the foundation anyway. Um, having an artist in residence and being the first one, I've really been here to form the role and that in itself has kind of been a bit of an artwork, if depending on how you look at it. And I've recorded all of that process on the website Open Tongue that I created. I've really approached this and embraced being an amateur and the kind of amateur version of this post, air quotes for the podcast. Um, that that I am the first one so this role doesn't have any boundaries it's not got any walls or clear lines so by putting the whole thing catalogued completely like uncensored online on the Open Tongue website I hope will allow people to see that openness and sharing you can pick at any of my research or any points that I've made any pieces that I haven't necessarily connected or seen someone else is allowed to pick up and utilise, which is something that we're taught from an early age not to do. We, we're taught not to share in case someone steals your ideas or someone steals your answers. You know, you've still got your hand covering your your exam paper and the hall, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, every industry does that, and we need to try and be more open. So through having this online archive I've hoped that I can kind of change people's minds on that that they're allowed to you know what would be perceived as stealing my ideas they can have it the ideas that I didn't see but maybe lift some breadcrumb trail off for them um, I would be so happy if someone was inspired or took anything from any of the work I'd done it wouldn't be that I would be have some chip on my shoulder about it, which I think a lot of people and artists and industry experts, I think that's still a big problem that we face at the mm. moment. And from that, I started wanting to have something a little bit more tangible or understandable for the audience. I think a website as an artwork is quite a jarring concept for the audience that the foundation has. as much as I'm bringing the arts community along, I wanted to be able to share with the kind of economic and environmental sphere something that maybe looks a bit more slightly traditional art to them. So I looked at video essays. so a video artwork, everyone kind of understands that a bit more these days and um, maybe not 10 years ago, but a video essay is still a little bit challenging. So it's kind of like my writing and research and process, but put into something a bit more visual. And for one of them, I had the event Anima Monday, which is still on the Open Tongue website if you want to watch it. And the video essay looks at some of the research that I've been investigating around Carl Jung's psychology of the Anima Monday being like, the mother tongue, the mother soul of the world, and that's where open tongue gets its name from. I've been looking at the linguistic side of things, the terminology, like circular economy as a phrase, as well as the kind of more uncanny, creepy, weird side of things.
0: And why did the linguistic side uh, pique your interest?
1: I've always really become obsessed with certain connections of words like the phrase gargling gut I don't know if it's just in a Scottish accent certain (laughs) phrases are a bit more guttural and sound a bit nicer um but things like gargling gut or mother tongue um really stick in my mouth and I start to really dive into them so this gargling gut is something that's followed all through my practice and that came into the residency with me as well and it's helped me look at vocabularies that the foundation use. I find it really funny how there's certain words I use like lens or um, frame for things, which I think is probably quite art world language, maybe not necessarily lens. That's probably because I work in glass a lot. But the foundation say lensing mm. and framing for everything. And it's been funny <laughs> experiencing these two kind of jargon worlds of the art world jargon and the foundations jargon it's been it's been really funny to chat about that with people or even attempt having a conversation
0: (laughs) sorry you you, did you find that the even though there's some commonality with some of that language that there's sometimes the conversations still gets a bit crossed wires or
1: yeah a little bit I guess so and I think that that's a really good learning moment for everyone in the yeah. world that we have all these languages and the global community that we have, but we also have all these languages in the global industries community sense that I can't understand, you know, when I read the lease on my new studio, it's in this kind of lawyer language and I have no idea what I'm actually signing up to, um, <laughs> which I just sign away anyway, but, um, well, even with the foundation i found myself i've picked up a lot of the lingo so sometimes i have to take a few steps back and not speak in foundation language a little oh, really? bit <laughs> yeah but,
0: yeah language i think has always been uh, important to us in, and, and as you say framing and the, the words that we use to talk about um economic change and or, or the types of innovations or the the types the visions of the future that we're trying to build I think we we have been uh we've scrutinized that heavily at the, at the foundation and it's it's good to hear that you do the same although maybe drawing different conclusions so there's the open tongue site uh anima mundi the video essay um and a script of some sort yeah
1: so that's something that's kind of coming to a head to bring together everything I've been working on now that the is sadly coming to a close as much as I am trying to drag out <laughs> as long as possible <laughs> um that the there's a script I've been writing for a theatrical production kind of a play but I wouldn't call it a play I would call it like this amateur lens of that I've been using approaching the theatrical world as an artist doing something a little bit different I'm not going to say I wrote a play because I think that'd be some kind of hubris crime to pretend that I could write a play in a week or two (laughs) but um, that's all looking at these kind of jargon connections that I've had through gurgling gut which is reminds me of like the stomach and the connection that we have between mind gut health and the soil and the food systems we have around us um as well as the ether which to me is the negative space all around us that is filled with something this like unseen fifth fundamental force that I've become hugely obsessed with Uh, as well as alchemy and mysticism and all these strange old alchemy texts that I've been reading for a really long time. So this all came together in a script that I'm currently having made into a book that will become self-eating, which is really exciting. So it will, alongside a couple of props, one of which is The Gurgling Gut, which is a glass stomach, and um, these will all find a home in the foundation's offices. So hopefully maybe at some point I'll be able to come down there and install them, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, we look and forward maybe, to that. Yeah, and hopefully do like a reading of the script, which will then go into its glass case. And should the production ever become a reality that, who knows, maybe on the Isle of Wight or wherever, you'll see this kind of theatrical production play situation, event, um, should that ever come to light, then the script will be used and so that the script is not defunct because at the moment it will exist as a representation of the potential play. And once its use has happened, then I've got these oyster mushrooms spawned that will be triggered to eat the book, basically. All of the words become part of the mushrooms. The whole book is becomes the mushrooms um, and then I'm thinking that maybe I'll cook up a risotto or something for a select few at the foundation and we can eat the script and eat my words. Well if I could be
0: there on that day I would appreciate (laughs) it. Um, Yeah. So so those are some of the the highlights and I know um, you again in a moment are going to speak to some of the other folks who have influenced this artist in residence journey but just as we as you and I finish off What would be your advice to other artists, first off, um, who are thinking about how they maybe connect to this circular economy concept, the idea?
1: My advice would be to definitely try and connect with either people who follow the foundation or if there's someone on the foundation's team that you have really connected with their work. Contact them. I'm I don't know how the foundation will feel about me saying that, but I think that you guys are such an open bunch that if something's really inherent in someone and they see that they can make a change or they see themselves being implemented into the work that the foundation are doing or into transition into a circular economy. It's about building connections with people. I'm a bit obsessed with LinkedIn. Um, I've never been that much of a fan of I Instagram. I think that was
0: like the natural home for artists, I have to say. I know it's
1: not. <laughs> but I've got this weird obsession with um, LinkedIn for some reason. And it's a great place to connect with people I wouldn't normally. So I've chatted to a lot of scientists on there, a lot of circular economy experts and teams as well as um, different university cohorts who I've spoken on panels for now. And I think just reach out to people. If other people are interested in the circular economy, they will definitely want to chat to you. It's, it's a great community to be a part of. And hopefully, that community kind of swallows up the world community and we all are part of it together.
0: And when, then what about people who are maybe your more traditional LinkedIn user, someone from uh, a business or policy world who has maybe they're passionate about circular economy, but from the perspective of making better use of resources or a business model innovation, um, maybe some of the, the, the things that have been in closer proximity to the circular economy idea in the past decade pretty much what would be your advice to them if they're struggling to see how they connect to the art world
1: again i say reach out like slide into the dms of any artist or it doesn't need to be a visual artist it could be a writer it could be you know a maker of any kind i work with some scientific glassblowers which is a really incredible and dying craft and trade and I've beco- i am now an official member of the british uh, the british society of scientific glass floors congratulations which is well, thank you very much thank you that's me made it <laughs> um check out next month's journal that i'll be featured in also um i'm basically in every journal now <laughs> <laughs> um and i've made that connection through just talking to people and being curious about what they do and i think that if you're a traditional organisation or business member or director or just a worker of that business, I think start to look at people that you wouldn't normally have in your group, start to integrate with the other, ear quotes in there as well. And what, will it, uh, what do you
0: think it will bring them? I mean, you hinted at it earlier in the conversation, but what do you think the benefits would be to a, 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 a business department or, or, or a business in general?
1: I think there's endless possibilities. It's really hard to nail down specifics, which I think is one of the most frustrating things as an artist is people always want specifics and you can never give them. But I think that, you know, something like this Artist in Residency programme, the foundation are leading the way by bringing that into their own team and into their own business. You know, I think to guinea pig yourself, is the highest version of proof you know of evidence that it does work and it is something for you to try out they're saying look what we've done we did it to ourselves come on you guys have a try and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have an artist in residence but you can you can have this like new report or this all this new information and data and you want to connect with different people and bridge different gaps or just have a new perspective, look at it differently, see things you haven't seen, start to show it to people who aren't in your network and you've never been in contact with before. It's what I would do with my own work and that's why the foundation's residency was so appealing to me because why would the Ellen MacArthur Foundation have ever seen my work other than me applying for this role and me connecting and saying, look what I've got to say. Look what I've done, what do you think about it? It's been really reciprocal for me. So it's beneficial to the artist or to the creative or maker as well as it is to the business. And I think you end up becoming a collaborative force that produces new and insightful things that have not been said before. It's so hard to say something new. Everything's been said. And the only way I think to say something new now is by joining together existing opinions.
0: Nicely put. Um, you, <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> a, a guinea, guinea pigging yourself. I mean, you were the guinea pig for the Artist in Residence programme. And in that sense, you've helped us uh, shape it. And I know um, someone that you've worked with closely on that is, is the, the Foundation's Artist in Residence mastermind, Stuart Whitman. And uh, you caught up with him uh, earlier this week. So why don't we hear that conversation now?
1: Hi Stu, how are
2: you? Hey Emma, well thanks.
1: And I was wondering if for listeners who don't know who you are if you could just give us a little intro?
2: Yeah so um, I'm the creative development lead at the foundation and also um, looking into the arts and culture line of work that we're doing here.
1: Perfect and So you were the inventor of the artist-in-residency's conception from birth and I'd love to know where that came from and I would love even more to know why I was selected, (laughs) if that's not too intense a question.
2: Okay. Um, so the Artists in Residency came about, I, I guess, as part of that, our exploration into m- building bridges between arts and culture and the circular economy and the work that we've done to date. Um, and in a way, the Artists in Residency seemed like to be a really easy fit with us. We were really keen to be able to introduce artists into our work um, and also to have them working alongside our teams as well so that there's sort of inspiration gets rubbed off you know, from both sides. Um, so we knew that was going to be the first thing that we wanted to um, set up. Um, and we were really pleased with the, the number of applicants. I guess it was at the time when um, we went into lockdown. Um, but that was a great time for us to be able to offer it as a virtual residence. So we had like global applicants um, uh, coming in um, and then they were filtered down by a number of judges. And I had the pleasure, I guess, of the, the last five to to interview um and of which you were one of um why why you um <laughs> so what came across really strongly was the coherency in your proposal when you were writing about your previous work um, and also I think like the sy- systemic nature of how you look at stuff um, you mentioned a lot of the time around the biosphere um, but then sort of changing the scales down to um, the gut effectively um and we thought that created really interesting connections that we wanted to be able to explore more and i think the other side of that was um your approach it was very sort of documentary led um, so as a virtual um residency we thought that would be a really interesting thing to be able to share even from like day one or week one um your work to our audiences
1: yeah that's so good that's definitely really nice to hear that what I wrote and what I thought I was writing came across exactly how I wanted it to and I think that would be something really useful for future artists who are applying to the residency to keep in mind that it's really difficult to see your work from an outsider's perspective because you're so in it and it's even harder to explain it to someone who's not necessarily from an arts background Um, and I think that having Stu in your corner is a great place to be. So anyone who is thinking of applying, I definitely recommend looking at the work Stu has done in the past and just kind of tailoring what you're saying to the type of residency it is specifically this being a virtual residency, you're right, Stu, but it had to be about how you would document it and how you would showcase everything online which has been a huge learning curve for everyone involved and I think that it's something that would still be useful even after lockdown if the next residency is with the foundation in-house then I think that it should still have this global reach that this virtual post has had so I would take that into consideration. And you'd mentioned about trying to inspire different members of the team. I wonder if you have encountered anyone who has been directly inspired or indirectly by the post or me being here or any of the work that I've done.
2: I think there's definitely a general sense of, of um, the post actually setting um, expectations um, on the team around who they can work with in the future. Um, so we spend a lot of our time working with researchers and scientists um, creating the evidence base for the case for a circular economy. Um, but I think what it, <clears throat> what we hope it will do is to sort of broaden out that view of how else can we inspire the people that we work with um, and bring in other views, um, more diverse views, um, to be able to help us solve um, and work towards a circular economy. Um, because I think at its heart, really, it's a creative challenge um, that we're setting ourselves and actually to have more perspectives, more points of view is critical for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. The more complex the approach adds to the complexity of the problem and the solution.
2: Yeah, and that's inherently um, where artists work, right? They work in complexity. Um yeah, making, making those connections and those nodes um, and i guess making provocations for people to um experience
1: yeah and i think outside of thinking about how artists can interact after my post here that businesses and other people who are looking at the residency as well what you've said about how it's really helped the team and helped the the kind of momentum and the, it's, like, galvanised the team as well to think outside of their usual scope, and I hope that that inspires other businesses as well and organisations. And in hand with that, I would lastly like to ask you about the legacy and the future after this residency, because I know we've chatted a lot about the legacy that I'll have at the foundation. It won't just be, like, a cut and dry. There'll be, like, an, a kind of alumni yep. version of this, mm. Um and I know that you're working on some various other arts and culture threads. I wonder what you can and can't give away.
2: Yeah, so I mean, um, as I said at the beginning, we're exploring a lot of avenues at the moment. And one of the most tangible threads is this artists in residency programme. And I, you know, it's got off to a great start with you. Compliments to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, <laughs> and actually, and as you say, working with you to build what that legacy looks like, and then for the other artists and residents that follow. So we certainly are going to be posting for future residencies in the near future. Um, We may sort of um, uh, be more specific in sort of what the brief is. The first one I think was intentionally broad, just because we didn't want to, um, to direct we wanted to see how it landed um, as our first conversation um, with artists, Um, but we may choose sort of different media um, specialisms or be more specific on sort of the the brief question um, for future ones, but um, there'll be certainly plenty of them going ahead um, towards the end of this year.
1: Amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. And it's great to hear that there'll be different versions of this residency because this definitely has been, the inaugural, really broad, finding, you know, putting your arms right out to see where the edges are. And I think that we've found a whole host of different edges and I would love to continue to support your search for different creatives and different networks that can continue to broaden the conversation and, as you said, bridge the gaps, make sure that we're not leaving anyone out and keeping it as inclusive and diverse as possible. Well, thanks, Stuart. This is our dream phone call finished, but I'll catch up with you later, I'm sure.
2: Thanks, Emma.
0: So Emma, that was your conversation with Stuart Whitman of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, and you met him quite early in this process, so it must have been nice to catch up with him towards the end of the residency.
1: Yeah, it was really nice to have chatted with him about why I was selected because I had never previously asked them so it was good to get some insight.
0: And that could be useful for any aspiring future artists in residence uh, that are listening to this.
1: Yeah definitely really useful for applications and also for understanding why you would apply to something like this.
0: Okay Um, and who was next on your speed dial?
1: So next up, I chatted to Fred Deakin from the module course of the University of the Arts London, which I did at the very beginning of lockdown. And I only recently found out that Fred was also on the judging panel for the residency. So it was exciting to speak to him about the whole process.
0: Okay, let's hear your conversation with Fred Deakin now.
1: Hello, I am chatting here to Fred Deakin, who... I haven't spoken to in a little while, hi, Fred. How are you
3: I'm great, Emma. How are you? How are you Thank you, Thank you. excellent.
1: Um, so let's tell the people who you are. I first did chat to Fred at the beginning of lockdown as part of the module course that Fred teaches on, and um I'd love you to just introduce yourself and how that all ties into the residency as well.
3: Sure. Um, so I am a designer, musician, and educator. I'm currently professor of digital arts at the University of the Arts London. And, um, I used to run a design studio called Airside and I was in a band called Lemon Jelly. So a nice varied career. Um, and I was working with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation as partners on one of the workshops that I run uh, for UAL, a positive change workshop that Emma was taking part in. Called module, um, and w- the teaching that I do is always very focused on positive change, and obviously the circular economy and um, all those very strong agendas. I think it's really important that creativity and the creative community use their strength and their power to to make these changes. It's going to happen any other way, to be frank. Um, so that was a lot of what I was, uh, and then. I got asked to judge the um the Artist in Residence Program uh for, for Ellen MacArthur Foundation. And um yeah, here we are.
1: And here we are. And um yeah, it's been it was quite interesting for me to, once I had um got the role, which was amazing obviously, to then see that you were on the judging panel. It was really exciting. Um uh-huh. so yeah, you've had a bit of a relationship with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation that's ongoing, so it's nice for, it kind of does comes full circle for me, really, that, and for you, I guess, as well, that we're tying it all up in a bow at the end of my residency. To chat to yeah, you. it's lovely. Yeah, it's nice. Oh. And I wondered if you had any, like, first impressions or premeditations or what your thoughts were when you first um, heard about the artist in Residence programme being started?
3: Well, I think it's really important to um, actually create specific ways in which creativity can be used to, to make the world a better place. Because I think it's very easy to talk about it in the abstract, but there's something about actually saying, okay, we're going to actually put our money where our mouth is and put some resources here. So I think for the EMF to to kind of get you to create the role that you stepped into is incredibly uh, forward forward thinking. Um, It's not just about the theory and the research. Um, And I think that one of the things that I'm very concerned about, and there's there's a whole network of organisations, I think uh, EMF are one, and then obviously I'm in the same area, There's a bunch of other people that I'm going to think of off the top of my head, but I think the way change happens now is much more organic in society. And although campaigns are very important, it is definitely about um, having these initiatives. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And if we leave it to the sociologists and the economists and the theorists, yeah, there is a role to be played there. And I wouldn't say we have to sweep the board with them, but if creativity is not represented at that table of change, then we're losing something big. And there is a kind of sense, I think, with you know the whole STEM thing, STEM to steam, that yeah. creativity yeah. is being overlooked. So for for the EMF to kind of create this post and get you to come on board and actually tangibly give you resources and space and money and you know a soapbox to show how creativity can be used, I think is immensely important.
1: Yeah, and I agree, like that soapbox. I've definitely been given this platform and as a recent graduate, um, it shows their Kind of, It gives me encouragement that such a big foundation organisation as the Ellen MacArthur Foundation giving me a platform means that they are really looking to be at the forefront of change and be pioneers and put their money where their mouth is that so many other places definitely do not do. Yeah. And um, what you're saying about The economists and all the other industries that just, it's, as an outsider of those, it comes across like there's just constant production of research and data and papers and we don't really get to see what happens with it. Changes are kind of very under the table. We don't really know how they affect us. We just know that something needs to happen and they're kind of doing something about it. So I think that to me that's like one of the main purposes and needs for the role that I'm in is to make it visual and connect with people and bring the individual in and show that the individual can be part of the whole and the individual can infiltrate Mm -hmm. um, industries. Um, Yeah,
3: I couldn't agree more. I I think that what this, this kind of big digital shift that has happened over the last 10, 20 years has really, you know, we're all very clear on what the values are now. It's very much now more democratic and bottom up you co-create the old kind of waterfall, hierarchical, patriarchal, top-down mm. method of change is just invalid now. It doesn't work anymore, and it's as long has been the case. But there's a lot of industries and areas where that change hasn't yet been integrated. And obviously, uh, especially you know your generation is much more native to that way of working. I think, um, and the yeah. fact that you're opening up conversations with people and inviting them in—that's just your. I would argue that's probably your nature. And, and your 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 creative community 's nature as opposed to my generation, where you know i would I would hope that i I've, I've managed to instill some of that, and certainly I know as within my generation that' have managed to, to 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 incorporate that way of thinking, but we 're not necessarily the norm, so that shift has to happen on all levels, and if you 're making it visible then again yeah it's an incredible incredibly powerful thing to do
1: yeah, and I totally agree that it it's the nature of conversation and it's hopefully this nature that you speak about is becoming the new evolution of the word nature. I'm really interested in like the definition of the word nature and how we created it. And from creating the word nature, we immediately made another, you know, we immediately made it different to us and made ourselves up on that hierarchy. Mm. And, um, you know, conversations, even like the one we're having here, those are the ones that are important because if my whole residency has been conversation led, conversations as research, creating networks where networks wouldn't have existed necessarily. Um, and it's not that I have started some kind of new industry and have been at the forefront. I, ha- I personally haven't, you know, made these doors open. Those doors were set in a jar and I just kind of pulled them out a little bit to pull them open. And I hope that the artist and programme continues to pull at those and build that network out and build the web outwards. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this conversation that we're having now, I would really like to, you know, catch up with you another time and see yeah. what else that you can talk to me about art education because that's something I'm really passionate and interested in changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's important to me that all the people I've met along the way, I continue to develop and foster some kind of um, usefulness out of them. Not necessarily for me, but like I think everything needs to have a use and a purpose in the world if it's going to exist. And even our words here are filling the air. You know, they're they're taking up space and in the ether around us, which I can't get away from the ether. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> This
3: element, <laughs> it's been yeah. I heard <laughs> I <didn't realize>. yeah.
1: <laughs> I'd definitely like to um chat to you again, Fred, if you would sure. be up for it and um, continue to speak to you even after this residency so that it 's got a legacy and maybe inspire the future of the program
3: so I'm very up for it, and I think that that you're absolutely right that it's that, it's that kind of emotional shift that you get in a conversation um when it's a two-way conversation, this is an exchange yeah. of energy, and it's an exchange of emotion. And if I make a paper and I put it up there for you to read, there's no dialogue, it's a one-way, mm-hmm. one-way traffic. I, I should know this reference, but there's an American president, I think it was Roosevelt, and, and, and they wanted to get him to preserve all the national parks in America. And the activist, again, this will probably be very common, common anecdote, so forgive me for not knowing the names, but um, the, the campaign managed to get him to go on a trip into nature and experience it. And when he got back, he signed the bill. Right, okay. Wow. So it's that kind of – that's not a piece of research. That's not a paper. That's an emotional engagement with a human being.
1: Experience
3: exactly, and that is the shift. You know, it's not always the shift, but my God, it seems to be missing and has been missing in the in the conversation for for a while.
1: Definitely agree, and it's been great to um, have the whole experience of the residency and. Thank you so much for um, being on that judging panel. No pleasure. Um, I had to.
3: To be fair, I had to step out of the room when you were discussed. So, so <laughs> exactly. I had to kind of. I mean, yeah. No. So 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 yeah. You 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 absolutely. Um, yeah. You you were there very much in your own merits, obviously. Thank you. Um, no, and well, that was great.
1: I, it's been great chatting to you, and um, let's catch up again soon.
3: Absolutely,
0: great to see you, Emma.
1: Thanks, Fred.
0: See ya. So Emma, that was your conversation with Fred Deakin, who I personally was really excited to meet to be part of that module course as well because Fred was the musician Lemon Jelly who yes. I listened to as a as a, a young nipper. Um, so I was, I was keen to uh, meet Fred. And, and did you enjoy your conversation catching up with him?
1: Yeah, it was really good to chat one-on-one, which I hadn't previously had the opportunity to do. Because he had so many people to deal with in the module course, but also learning that he is the lemon jelly was really exciting, <laughs> which he's very coy about. And I don't know how much he likes people realizing that.
0: Well, As uh, well the listeners of the podcast have um, uh, now all know that. So his secret is his cover's blown. Um, you had one final call that you wanted to make, someone else you wanted to catch up with. Who was that?
1: That was Fanny Britto as part of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation as well. Um, and I've spoken with her quite a lot throughout the residency. Uh, we seem to catch up on a lot of things. We also did one of the live events that you can catch on the website still as well if you didn't catch our conversation previously. And yeah, it was really good to speak to her about the whole kind of process throughout because she's seen it all.
0: Great. Let's hear the conversation between Emma and Fanny now.
1: Well, hello. I am here with Fanny Brito of the
4: Foundation, and I am just calling you up for a quick chat. Hi, Fanny. How are you? Um, hi, Emma. I'm fine. Thank you. It's really nice to um, uh, get a call from you, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny, this whole Zoom life and situation um, and this little... Kind of impromptu chat we're having. Uh, I wonder if you can just tell for listeners who don't know who you are, which they definitely should, um, a little bit about
4: yourself. <laughs> so, for those who don't know who I am, um, I so my name is Fanny, and um, I'm a graphic designer and an art director, and I work with I've been working with the Foundation for uh, uh, five or six years now. So I help visualizing. Um, ideas um, and I help communicating messages um, visually so I'm very interested in circular economy concepts and, uh, and visual design in general and art as a matter of fact.
1: Yeah um, we've had a few chats about that maybe I'll ask you a little bit more about that um, but I wonder if I know how we know each other <laughs> and how we've been connected through the residency but from your perspective because you were on the judging panel for the Arts and Residence program and I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about kind of our relationship throughout the residency and you know as well your first impressions of the role from being on the judging panel.
4: Mm-hmm. Sure um, so my um, first contact with you Emma uh was actually uh reading through your application for the residency
1: ah that's wild <laughs> isn't
4: it uh, yeah
1: I can't even imagine
4: um so uh so indeed I was a part of the panel who um who read through and reviewed the um, the application and uh, had the pleasure of like uh, seniors and discussing it with uh, with the, the other judges and um and I had no particular expectation for the residency I was really excited um to um see an artist potentially joining the foundation for um, a period of time I really believe art has a huge role to play in um, changing how we view the world and how we relate to um, to different to other living beings and to the yeah. economy and to what um, uh, makes up our world today. Um, and um, what what struck me in your application uh, was first that it was really. Straight to the point, <laughs> it was quite short <laughs> and very clear and concise, which uh, was really um, um which I really appreciated, but that's also good for me to know for future mm-hmm.
1: applications because it's really, it's really stressful when you know as an artist you're not taught to do applications mm. you're not taught to write about yourself um and definitely not taught how to do to like do good writing that's not even good English speech that I've just said do good writing, but um you know i I tried really
4: hard to make it concise, so I'm very glad that it came across like that it was concise and um so as I said, I had no particular expectation uh I was pretty curious to see what um, um, an artist could bring um, to the table, really. And but what struck me in your application as well was uh, that you were focusing on, um, yeah, remember you said the biosphere, the atmosphere, and the microbiome. So excuse my accent. I'm not sure if the, the accent is right. It's but, a beautiful accent. Um, Sounds <laughs> 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 and Thank um, it's, uh, so you were looking at natural phenomenon um, at a large scale and at a small scale, and uh, mm-hmm. that really resonated with how we speak about circular economy. Um, you seem to be experimenting a lot, researching. Uh, you talked about um, acquiring knowledge through experience, uh, which, is, which I thought was very relevant to um, um, how we approach or how we. Um, think of approaching psycho-economy and um, yeah the the whole um, mm, research based work that you're, you, yeah, yeah. you were doing and also really liked the the look and feel of your arts installation actually um, but um, in your application you said that you uh, wanted to get um, to find a way a mechanism to share your research. And I thought that was really interesting because that's essentially what, uh, we're trying to do at uh, the foundation, um, to, uh, research, put things together and then share back in a way that's most, uh, um, um, understandable. So I was really curious, really keen to see how, um, as an artist, you would, um, How what you would put forward, and um, and uh, and so that's what you've been doing. And there's also something um that struck me is like you were quite really poetic in the language you used. And I remember you were talking about the atmosphere, so the natural phenomenon, but you also talked about the inner, inner weather. Yeah, I say that a lot, (laughs) and uh, and I thought that was really, um, uh, really simple and really poetic, and um. And I guess that struck um, a chord. Um, so that was my first contact uh, before we even met. Um, well, what a contact it was from the sounds of things.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that, um, I'm really glad that my, even just the writing about my work was able to have some kind of impact. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, you spoke about like I also had to do a portfolio and I also did, there was an option to do a video, um, which I think was supposed to actually be, you could speak your application instead of writing it. But I kind of, it, there was no like set thing on there. So I kind of took, took that as, oh, I can just upload a video as well. Mm-hmm. So i would made like a video essay. And if you've, any of the listeners have had a look on the online archive I've done, Open Tongue, you'll see that I've done a few video essays on there of just overlaying some text almost like being handwritten at the time typed at the time with some visuals to try and make it a bit more poetic and have that connection and what you were saying Fanny there about the um the research and how it was almost like like the mechanisms I've been looking for to I've been looking to try and get across more of my research rather than just the outcomes and I guess it's the opposite for the foundation you're trying to get across some not outcomes but some kind of some other extension of the research some other like visual or some other like method of connecting with people from the research and I'm kind of going a bit backwards so thinking about it you know reflecting on the residency as a whole that's definitely been a huge part of the reason I I hesitate to even call it a residency because it's more of a collaboration and something kind of in between that although I'm, I'm hoping this is the future of artist residencies that they're more than your stereotype um, residency out in the forest by yourself um, and so it's just a really quick call with you, but I'd wonder if um, the way I thought, feel like my initial writing had impacted you, I wonder if you feel any impact now that this is my final week in residence, can you believe it? Um, I wonder if you can reflect on real quick any impacts from the residency as a whole, on you personally, or maybe your team?
4: Mm-hmm. I can't quite believe it's your last week. Um, I don't know what the the foundations are gonna feel uh, without you. Uh, ah. so. um, yeah, I think I mean I I loved. Uh, I mean I followed uh, the development of your work so on the on the website on the Open Cargo uh, website uh, on Instagram. Uh, and obviously, we had conversation that opened um, uh, up my mind to, to to different metaphors and ideas and processes. And I think what um, what was great uh, was this uh, continuous inspiration. Um, so every uh, every Friday, you did an, Insta- an Instagram takeover, and I was uh, really looking forward to to that. Oh, and- I'm glad. To hear like where you were in the process and how you dealt as well with in- uncertainty and uh, navigating, um, mm-hmm. in sort of a complex waters, you know, not really, um, exploring and not having a clear, uh, necessarily a clear uh, sense of direction, but the way you documented and the way you managed to bring, um, um, to, to create a thread and to bring all your archives, all your, your research together was, really inspiring and um, I felt that it was an experiment and it d- did feel like an experiment like every day every week was um, yeah felt different and and how we um, we touched base throughout the residency and um, in 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 Chas, that's also how it um, it came through um I'm gonna yeah I mean definitely this would be um uh, this would be uh well this i think that um, impact on my on my work there's also like i mean some metaphors <laughs> that you were bringing, and it's funny and um I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking of like your the ma- metaphor of ether or, or the idea of ether mm-hmm. that you um your um that emerged in like different um uh pieces of work and pieces and
1: outcomes and uh, it's really been a thread through my practice and as shed came to light a lot through the residency which I'm excited to share with everyone now that the end is happening the end is near Um, and I would absolutely love to um, get some more feedback from you Um, on that once uh, there's the grand unveiling of all of the work when it finally finds a home in the offices as well. Um, I'm not sure um, when that will be exactly but it will be soon depending on the current um, lockdown restrictions and everything around us but I would love to thank you for having a chat with me as always and let's catch up again soon and hopefully you know one of the best things about this residency is I've met people like Fanny Um, and like Stu that I chatted to earlier and Fred and I definitely feel like we'll stay connected after this and that's what's made this something really special
4: so thanks for that Fanny Thank you Emma and uh, talk to you soon Thank you, have a good day, Bye. bye
0: So Emma, those were three of the people who influenced your Artist in Residence journey to date, But there were loads more, weren't there, from within the foundation and and well beyond.
1: Yeah, definitely. And of course, as you know, Joe, you're one of them, not to flatter you too much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've spoken to so many interesting people in the foundation and been connected by the foundation to so many other people. And even for the future and beyond um, my time in residence.
0: And... A lot of that, I know, has been documented on the website that you've been keeping updated with a lot of your work. Uh, Can you just remind people listening how they can access that?
1: Yeah, so it's called OpenTongue, and you can go on opentongue.cargo.site. And if you can't find it on there, it's definitely on the... Instagram of the foundation which I do a takeover of every Friday so you can have a look back on there as well to catch anything you've missed and you can also go on my own website which I'll pop a link onto open tongue for as well which is emmahislop.co.uk
0: and I guess Emma it just remains for me to say a massive thank you from everyone everyone at the Ella MacArthur Foundation for being our first artist in residence and Uh, thank you to you for listening uh, to this podcast about the connections between art and the circular economy with uh, Emma Hislop. If you have thoughts on that topic, then let us know on Facebook or Twitter or through Instagram. And thanks for joining and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's Explore the Circular Economy podcast. Don't forget to share, rate and subscribe.